I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. This is Danielle Ward. Do you know what I like to call it? What? Film fan. Dan, go. Okay. Why are you going to call Mysterious. it that? Mysterious. And that's Marit Larwood. Oh, let me say that again. Why are you going to call it that? Because this is my last film fan. Dan, go. I'm leaving. No. What? Yeah, no. this is Dan's last film fan, Dan, go. She's going on to past is new, but Marik and I shall carry on the past. podcast. Yeah, I mean, going to another film podcast. Probably, probably still be here when you record them. <laughs> <laughs> What well, film podcast are you going to go on to then? Uh, I'd love to tell you it was Collins and McConey. No, they don't do a thing. That's from years ago. Dan, Dan, Dango. Dan, Dan. Are you um, going to work on movie muck-ups? Yeah. <laughs> I love those guys, though. Um, I uh, I just I don't have time to commit fully to this podcast. so I Plus, am... you are quite excitingly going to New York for a decent proportion of the tail end of this year time yeah and then like my radio 4 series has been moved so i've got to write that sooner than i thought i was going to and for it's just something i had to give guys i had to give and i'm afraid it was this well we'll be sad to see you go i mean i'll still listen just as much as i do at the moment so I can see more films possibly yeah i mean it'll be really (laughs) exciting to us to go to the cinema for pleasure i don't know if i want to talk to you again Oh, well, you don't have to. Well, I've got to do. We've got to try and do it for the rest of this episode. Yeah, oh yeah, we've to got this to get through. Don't worry, guys. I'm not dying. No, that crunching noise is just Buddy chewing on an antler. Crack, cracking in the corner. Crack, crack. Hang on, he's an antler. Yeah. yeah. What's Re- going on here? Really good for his teeth. Yeah, but it's not very good for the deer, is it? Well, the deer's not missing it. They just leftover antlers. They're not from shooting. Bits, are they? No, no, they're no, left over. They catch the deer just for the dog antler. Oh, that's quite nice. Release Wait. it back into the sea. Is it How... from a deer? What is it from? Is it a narwhal? <laughs> it's, a... it's not a u. That's a unicorn. It's a unicorn. Yeah, it's a unicorn's one. We he previously had you know just a tusk, an ivory tusk, but we thought they're quite expensive. So if you watch the start of Tristar, yeah, oh, that's a Pegasus. With the Pegasus. That <laughs> it used to be a unicorn. Thanks to Buddy. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's commence Danielle's last film, Fandango. Da, 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 da. Uh, I've not seen the film we're about to talk about. <laughs> Way to hold up your end of the bargain. But Look. you can see this film, and we should really put point. We should have pointed out in the previous podcast. But you can watch this film 
on YouTube for free. The Australian Film Commission has put it on there. I'm not sure if it's legal or not. Just put in wake-in-fright into YouTube and you can watch the entire film for free. I've said it does sound brilliant. The film is Wake in Fright, if you hadn't got that Tell from me about Margaret's it. Thing. Tell me about it. I love okay. Australian films. Australian films scare me. Picnic at Hanging Rock scared well, me. Well, this is from that... Outback, no, not Outback, Walkabout scared me. This is from that um, archetypical period of um, weird. Australian weird, creepy cinema that they call Austra- Australian New Wave. And um, it is, it's got that sunny creep that we've talked about before in Australian films. Not Um, like Wolf Creek, though. Not like Wolf Creek at all, mate. I only fast-forwarded to the bit where he rips her spy now. That'd be good. He's no spy ripping in his film. (laughs) This film... little ripper. This film went missing for a long time and it wasn't released on Was it in the uh, walkabout? It it had gone walkabout, mate. It's gone, oh, where's the film? It's gone what? It was oh, here there. a moment ago, and now oh, it's gone. Oh, it's just there. It's behind. Um, <laughs> it's behind Crocodile Dundee. I put it in oh. the wrong case, <laughs> but I hadn't watched Crocodile Dundee. That's what happened. But I hadn't watched Crocodile that's Dundee. That's what happens too. when you've got so many copies of Crocodile <laughs> Dundee, mate. You'll lose your other films. Your great galah. Um, yes, it went missing for a long, long time. It wasn't until two thousand and nine, I think, they found it. Um, they tracked it down to Pittsburgh. Um, where it was in a box marked to be destroyed, or so, like it's as dramatic as that, and it's a it's a highly celebrated piece of um, Australian cinema, and along with um, in the box was also Shergar and Ben Miller. Yeah, <laughs> and, Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller, not him, sorry, <laughs> not Ben Miller. No, he was in there, but he, he, that was coincidence. No, but I thought you meant but no, Ben Miller. Funny. That. that was very weird. Um, but this film. Um, it's it's been it's been restored and released for free, which is very exciting. Um, so yes, track it down. It's on YouTube. But Wake and Fright, based on a book, same name. It was originally premiered in Cannes, I think, under the name uh, Outback. Um, and it tells the story of a school teacher traveling for on his holidays um, to an incredibly remote part of Australia. He's trying to get to Sydney to visit his beautiful girlfriend who he keeps on dreaming of in these sort of flashback sequences. Mm. Uh, but but he, he, he sort of... He ends up in this, this tiny dead-end town and with nothing to do but all the... It's a bit weird and sort of claustrophobic and he ends up um, getting drunk and gambling all of his money. So he's trapped there. Um, and it's sort of what happens to him but it's a sort and he meets um, a series of different people and different encounters but the most amazing of them being Donald Pleasance as an alcoholic doctor who lives without earning any money Uh, he just he gives uh, medical advice to the town for free and in return they give him small amounts of food and booze sorry buddy's been really noisy (laughs) I'll I'll take his antler off him (laughs) I thought we, we could let him chew it. I just thought we could have it in the. Um, I should explain it, otherwise people are going to think I'm. They'll probably assume that I'm chewing on some sort of bone. Out of everyone, they would think it was you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the setup, um, and it's sort of. It felt to me, like. Actually, did you go and see the Rum Diaries? I forget if 
that was before no, your that time. Was full Mac. I went to see that. I have seen a bit of it's the um, what's his name that reporter. It's Hunter S. Hunter S. Thompson. It's uh, but it's um, Bruce Robinson's film. film. But it felt like Bruce Robinson had seen um, had seen uh, Waking Fright. But anyway, what did you think of it? I thought I I tried to write down. I saw it a few days ago, and as I said to you before we started the podcast, it's one of those. It's just it's it's a stay of this one. It haunts you, mate. Yeah, you watch this film and, it, and you, you, you think, oh, I'll just watch this film I won't think of it anymore, but I won't let go. This film won't let go. <laughs> um, I think it is, the best way for me to describe it, it's the closest film to that nightmare you have when you're trying to run, but you're running really, really slowly. <gasps> And you're stuck in the same place, and wherever the danger is coming towards you, yes. And it's sort of you don't feel scared, but you sort of feel in that weird, sort of dreamy, stuck sense, sort of treacly, can't move, sort of. You can't thing. have yeah. in those dreams. Do you ever try and dial a phone number and you can't get the number right? And yeah. your, your brain's saying to do something, and yeah. your body's saying the opposite thing. Yeah, and you or you try and shout and you can't do it. But for me, dialing, trying to dial a number on a phone is always I just can't. It's always wrong whenever I punch it in. Well, it's remind the closest I've had to that feeling is when I went travelling when I was about eighteen, nineteen, and I was in the Sinai, in this place, and I got dysentery. Sinai was, Peninsula in Egypt. Yeah, and I was lying there in this crappy hut with flies all over my face, and I just felt really stuck and powerless. The closest I've got is um, trying to put in my pin code to pay for drinks whilst drunk. Is that sort of feeling? It is where you put in six digits, but you didn't mean to. Really, frust- that frustration you can only get in dreams, and I thought this captured it really, really well. Yeah, yeah, it it's did. It's completely different to uh, whereas all the films coming out now, I think this before uh, this year, the action films are the same. This is completely different to. Uh, I don't know if you'll get this. This film wouldn't really get this released now, would it? I don't think it would. I think it's too slow paced to get released now. Certainly, um, it's um, it's brutal. In terms of its satire of, of Australian culture, and I, I read an anecdote that said when it was screened, somebody actually shouted out, you know, st- stood up and said, "That's not who we are." And uh, it was in a screening, and I think the director shouted back, "Yes, it is." <laughs> so insinuate that they force uh, you go to a pub, everyone forces you to have a drink, and you just get drunk and gamble away all your money, and they have no morality other than. You know, they don't get bothered by anyone doing anything other than not having a drink with you. That, um, that camaraderie is the most important thing above m- anything yeah, else. Yeah, more, more than ethics. Yeah, yeah. I really love Australian cinema, though. It is. I, mean, I think it's great stuff like, you know, like Mad Max and stuff like that. that is, that's American, isn't it? Yeah, well, no, Mad Max Australian. Is, is Australian um, exploitation, they call it. Oh, okay. Where it's exploitation of cultural kind of norms and stuff. Um, oh, it had that walkabout feel to it, you know, that sort of... That, that, there's a weird feel that some Australian films have got. Whether it's the colours, whether it's the huge blue skies and the sort of the feel of the outback that makes it yeah. feel strange. I think the weird thing about... Aust- the thing that always gets me with Australian films when and they have that sort of hue to them is that it's not like seeing a tundra where you think, oh, if I was out in the snow, I, I wouldn't know what to do. This is... In many ways, a sort of you know, lovely clear sky, trees around you, a bit of dirt. But knowing that if you were in that 
in that environment you would probably die i think that's Mm. what always gets to me is the idea that it looks familiar but unfamiliar and knowing that if i was stuck in the outback i would actually die because i wouldn't know how to take care of myself i think that's what gives you that weird sense of unease is the familiarity and also the fear of not being able to take care of yourself i Mm. think the the main guy in this um is it the teacher gary bond yeah he's an english actor actually And he he was um, his first film was he played one of the privates tiny role in Zulu, but um, and then he's mostly done British telly after this. He but he was uh, the guy who played Joseph in the London production of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Ah. But um, I think he plays it brilliantly, and it's also got um, the guy who has to be in all Australian films apparently who plays Wally in Crocodile Dundee who's the barman at the beginning, and also the father in Outbreak. Outbreak? Walkabout. <laughs> Outbreak. Outbreak is not an Australian the film. The monkey. No, he doesn't play him. All right, Wall. Um, yeah. What do you think of Donald Pleasance? I love Donald Pleasance. I think he's he's so sort of... You, you, you can't tell he's acting in this, and it's such a big performance as well I think he's remarkable he is isn't he he's so good he's really magnetic to watch I just really enjoyed whenever he was on screen you had to watch him he's a really interesting character some fantastic drunk acting as well you know when, which a thing about because it, it's only alcohol basically is, is what they're, they're opiate in this get, that sort of sends them into this dream world it really does that thing of alcoholism quite unlike any other film you really feel the excess of it and people drinking and losing control and you feel the hangover you can sort of yeah. imagine the hangovers of the characters but the, the social shame placed upon you by not entering into that and it's yeah it is really interesting I might watch it on my netbook later while I go Do. to the toilet oh. <laughs> but it's got one in one of your one of your famous one hour 40 poos oh uh, when you is that when you stand up at the end <laughs> Um, the, the, the famous scene in it we should talk about because it is yeah. unlike anything I've seen in cinema. Yeah, um, even from the even when they start it in the car, go driving yes. in the car. The, the, there is a famous scene in it, and it is harrowing. And it is where drunkenly four of them, including Gary Bond's character, the teacher, and Donald Pleasance's doctor, alcoholic. Um, just drive out into the into the bush in the dark with and go and chase and shoot kangaroos. They go kangaroo hunting basically, but whilst drunk and rowdy. And it is horrific because what they did was the crew genuinely went on a kangaroo hunt with some people who were doing it. They just went and like a documentary crew and shot what they were doing. So these are real animals being brutalised and hurt and it is horrible. Do you think this film, um, and probably, because obviously there's a lot of talk about the animals being brutalised in Cannibal Holocaust as well, Mm. Um, do you think that's why now they have the no animals were harmed in the making of this? Well, interestingly, and I think, Marit, you've got a copy there, the end of this film, they have um, an explanation of that scene, because you don't know if it's real or not. I was watching it going... Are they just blow darting them and then adding sound well, effects? But then I, after a while, that can't be what they're doing. Yeah, um, I thought they. I thought that for at the start. Yeah. Then you actually think God, these are genuinely animals being shot because you cannot ever yeah. replicate that that movements of it. And you think I thought it's just wow they. Yeah. 
Have you got the disclaimer there? No, I haven't got it. Uh, uh, did I write it down? Well, I just got the, they say they explain it's a um, a kangaroo hunt. So it's really odd watching that thing and seeing these animals get shot. But it's, as well, like and they some scenes with the kangaroos. I think because the kangaroos are so big mm. and sort of a bit more humanoid than a lot of other animals. So it just seems like they're Killing shooting people. sort of. And our idea of kangaroos is they feel like sort of alien humans they're shooting mm. at points. Um, this is, I've found it. Um, I found the disclaimer, I suppose you'd call it, at the end, which is photography of the hunting scenes in this film took place during an actual kangaroo hunt conducted by licensed professional hunters. No kangaroos were expressly killed for this motion picture. Because the survival of the Australian kangaroo is seriously threatened, these scenes were included with approval of leading animal welfare organisations in Australia and the United Kingdom. So, but apparently, according to Wikipedia, yeah, we read they were the people, the hunters were just getting uh, progressively more pissed. Yeah, bit just similar rat, to the actual exactly bit like the, the thing. And the the film crew, uh, the director actually threw up at one point. And because he was drunk, or because of the no, kangaroos. because because he found it so horrible, and a bit of both, <laughs> a bit of both. But the crew apparently, again, according to this Wikipedia article, but um, uh, the crew then faked a blackout of all of their lights to end the hunt because they found it so harrowing. Mm. Yeah, it's really odd watching that. But I don't know if I enjoyed watching the film. No. How many, David? Do you want to say anything else about it? <sighs> so difficult to tell, but I mean, it is. You've made it sound brilliant. I really want oh, to watch it. Oh, it's a really it. interesting film. I mean, it's it, very, very slow. It's though. a slow burn. It's a real slow burn. I mean, it. Uh, yeah, I mean that. That's what I'd say about Walkabout as well. Really slow. But I love Walkabout. You see, I don't mind slow and tense. Is all right by me. I love Donald Pleasance. It made me just want to watch him more. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean, it's sort of tragic. He's probably most famous as Blofeld in You Only Live Twice. I think he's brilliant at it, but he's properly panto camp villain. Mm. But um, then the great escape as the forger, he's he's in Halloween, isn't he? Is the yeah, yeah. as and the psychiatrist, Line, and... which is the film that Creep is based on. And he's in Bumming Man. You just got to ruin it, haven't you? You have you've to add bumming to everything. I, want, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I fancy talking about it again. This is why I'm leaving. <laughs> Marek's continual bum chat. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting actually. Donald Pleasance. I I sort of watch anything he's in. I'm just looking him up now. Of course, he plays the president in Escape um, to New Escape from New York. Oh. Mm, not seen it. Have you not? Great no. film. It sort of is. The sequel I is can less get mixed strong. up with that and Big Trouble in Little China. Actually, that's a better film. That's a far better film. Um, I would give it six. Marricks, no. and I think it, but if one of those that could get more, I don't. I think it stays with you though, so it feels like it should have more. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you'll regrade it in a few weeks. Yeah, I've got a quote from Nick Cave. I'd give it seven. Who said it's the best and most terrifying film about Australia in existence? So he, by the sounds, gives it gives it ten nicks. Yeah. Or does he give it ten caves? Ten nicks, nine caves. <laughs> it's not that generous. He's got to hold something back. He's an artist. Yeah. What would you give it, David? Seven, I think. Seven. Oh. Seven and a half, maybe. 
Let's read an email. <laughs> Emails, letters, tweets, messages. Here's one. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> uh, Exeter. That's kind of West Ways. Dear buddy, Danielle, Mark and David. Oh, could you please read this on a Geordie Swedish accent? Yeah, do that. Aha, uh-huh, you picked up the wrong one there. Uh, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle of Fontaine, uh, Swedish. Oh, I know. Swedish. Swedish. Please, could you read this out in a Geordie Swedish accent? No, that wasn't very good. That's quite it? good. Do Cheryl Cole doing an impression of Swedish chef? Please, could you read this out in a Geordie Swedish accent? That's good. Not because I'm from either of those, please, Dad. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're doing well. But I think it was out of me, Dan. Your podcast has brought joy to my joy. Let's come out to work. Aye, aye. Thank I have you. to focus so hard on Danielle's voices. <laughs> a few weeks ago, you read out an email from Adam asking for your favourite film friends. Mine would be R2-D2 and C-3PO. I just wanted to write because Adam, my good friend, is currently recovering from brain surgery and is doing amazingly. I wanted to cheer him on via his favourite podcast and ask a pertinent question. If you were recovering for an extended time period from Instead Problem Here, what franchises would you bring back? Would you watch back to back? Thank you. Best wishes, Tim Exeter. Thanks, Tim. I had no idea Sarah Millican was part Swedish. Um, Thank you, Tim. And Adam, I hope you get well soon. Yes, get well soon. Get well soon, Adam. Um, Well, best movie friends there. Um, R2-D2 and C-3PO. Aren't they good friends? No, one of them Um, isn't even real. One of them's just a bin, isn't it? No. What? What, one is a robot and the other's a bin? (laughs) Is that what you took from the Star Wars franchise? They're both robots. I think that's no. fair. One is... <laughs> one, one is a naughty bin and the other one's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. But the novelty bin ends up being sort of more useful to them. Well, yeah, because they want to throw stuff away. Yeah, when he's in his X-Wing, the last thing he wants in the middle of the dogfight is to not have a bin. Everyone needs a bin. Um, if it's layers time of the month, got to put them somewhere. Yeah, I think the, the fourth question you ask when entering someone's house is, where's the bin? Oh, are you saying R2-D2 is a sanitary towel bin? I'm saying you could put anything in him and he's happy. I thought she was putting a data disc in at the beginning of the film. Was it just a dirty tampon? That's how they store their data in the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds very complicated. Um, yes. If you were ill and you had to watch a franchise back-to-back, what would you choose? Oh, a long one, I think, for my long recovery. Um, but I, I want a franchise where they're all good, you know, or they sort of... Never going to happen. That's what's quite difficult. I think I would go for a certain style. Okay. I would go for films, that up, uplifting films. So I think I would go for... You always go for your childlike things you like, so I'd go for animated things. So any animated film, i.e. Warship Down, Flight of Dragons, yeah. good Disney ones... Sword in the Stone, I think, is always a very good one. Yeah. And what other cartoons have I enjoyed? Disney Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin oh, Hood is Disney very Robin good. Brilliant. I think Sword in the Stone's better. That, there, yeah, 101 Dalmatians are quite a lot. Dragon, Aristocats. Don't like those ones. I see the Aristocats at the cinema. I, wow. <laughs> I think I would probably um, pick the canon of a director. 
So maybe one that I haven't seen all of his films, actually, and there's plenty of gaps I'd like to catch up on. So maybe Akira Kurosawa, watch sort of his samurai films all in one go. That's not very uplifting, though, is it? I don't know. They're quite good. Have you seen any of them? Maybe he's in hospital for being too happy. The Sevenps happens a did, lot. Did he do the Sevenps? What's it called? Seven Samurai. Did he do, yeah. who did the Shogun's the, the Assassin? Magnificent Seven is a remake. Of yes. It. Did he do the Shogun's Assassin? I've seen that. Mm, who he did, did that? Yeah. And your uh, Jimbo and Rashomon and the Hidden Fortress and. Did he do the Maltese adverts? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch with the two girls at the strip club. I would probably work my way through uh, the BFI's top 100 films list like a boring person. We're, so, we're kind of cheating the question though, aren't we? Because we're not picking franchises. Back but to if, the future then. How about that? If I couldn't do a BFI... Bond's an obvious one, is it? Sorry. Sorry, Dan. If I couldn't do a... wonder why I'm leaving. <laughs> if I couldn't do the BFI list, um, I would do classic novels. So I wouldn't have to read them, you see. So I'd do Wuthering Heights, <laughs> Little Women... Bob doesn't like that idea. Oh, no. He's very disappointed. Very <laughs> disappointed by Wuthering Heights. Uh, I very much enjoyed uh, the Orson Welles version of Jane Eyre. I'd watch all them films. That's a good idea. All those ones. All those lovely black and white films. I started watching The Big Sleep the other day, but I actually fell asleep during it. I'd watch all 400 productions of Great Expectations back to back. Every, every Great Expectation that's ever been. That'd be good. Including... Um, uh, Gary Bond from uh, Waking uh, Waking Frights, Great Expectations made for TV. Assuming that I was only in for a small amount of time, I'd probably watch the Muppet movies. Mm. Yes, that's a, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. I forgot a fact about Waking Fright. What's that? That the director, I wrote this down, directed by Ted Kocheff. Yeah. He went on to direct... Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> no. And you can't really have two more disparate films. What, the, the classic of Australian New Wave, Weekend at Bernie's? I love Weekend at Bernie's, though. It's great. I love Weekend at Bernie's, too. Nice one. Thanks. That's a joke from one of my music. I know, I stole it from... Dad wrote that joke for me some years ago. Um, uh, no, I was going to say that the writer of... Uh, who adapted it from the novel, um, uh, Wake and Fright, also wrote Escape to Victory. So we've got Escape to, the writer of Escape to Victory with the director of Weekend at Bernie who somehow produces this incredibly sort of... Uh, People are very interesting. Versatile, aren't they? That's the word. There's a letter there. Do you want to read the letter? Yes, I will. This is from Brian Sear. I was wondering if any of you have come across a remake that was better than the original. The only one that springs to my mind is John Carpenter's The Thing, which was based on The Thing from Another World, a 1951B movie, but still quite good for its time. So uh, I did it in the voice of Alan Rickman. Um, But... That was a fantastic voice. Thanks. Um, he went a bit Indian in the middle. I thought he went a bit um, Trevor McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows who made the robot? Um, yes, remakes better than the originals. They're a rare breed, but they do exist. I have seen one. You may remember shouting because I've got the, the dogs falling asleep on me. Um, 
But he doesn't seem to mind the fact that I'm shouting in his ear. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, you know how I went to see the film Maniac? Yeah. And I really liked it. Mm. So I watched the original Maniac because it was on one of them internet telly things. And it was rubbish. The original Maniac's terrible. The remake of Maniac is brilliant. So that is one. I think there's a lot of films that we don't know are remakes because people have taken foreign films that did no business because they're a bit rubbish but they have a good central idea and just remade them. Like Mark Wahlberg remade um, Contraband from a film he'd seen with the same director. But, um, you know... Girls, the series is pretty much... We talked about this before, a remake of Tiny Furniture but better. It's been made into a series. Yeah. There are are those remakes out there that are better though. Um, uh, My... uh, Dawn of the Dead... The remake, I prefer. Tricky to call it, but I do really like the remake. I prefer, I prefer the remake. I prefer it. Yeah. It is it's sort of... It's funnier. Yes, it's true. It is funny. I like the remake of Evil Dead. It's called Evil Dead 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the thing you mentioned already, Brian, absolutely, but there's more in that sort of B-movie horror category, isn't there? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Invasion the of the Body Snatchers. Um, the Fly is brilliant. Um, I've not seen the original Mummy, but I imagine Brendan Fraser's The Mummy's probably potentially better. They're all quite slow. Remake of Bedazzled? Uh, yeah, no, that is not stronger. That is in no way stronger. Um, uh, controversially, but I mentioned Akira Kurosawa, is Star Wars is a remake. George Lucas acknowledges you know, his heavy, heavy debt to Akira Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. Which is a samurai film about, you know, told from the point of view of two peasants who are comedians. One who is a peasant and the other who is a sanitary tampin. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you can see the obvious parallels. Um, I remember when I was a cleaner, uh, uh, I was a cleaner when I was a teenager, teen- cleaning at one of those, uh, they had the foreign exchange students, you know, they could come over, like the EF students come yeah. over. At the school, and I was cleaning their room, their boardings up, and I knocked over a bin full of French uh, school kids' sanitary towels. Oh. It's horrible. Oh. That's that is the equivalent of uh, the, how brutal that when you scene in Waking the... Fright is. <laughs> shoot the kangaroos. <laughs> when you knocked over the bin, did it go? It did actually. <laughs> there you walking, go. An image of Princess Leah came up. <laughs> And then it stuck a little sort of twirly metal thing into a hole in the wall. Oh, I knew I'd seen that bin before somewhere. <laughs> uh, remakes better than the originals. It's a tough... Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's mainly things that we don't know. But also, I haven't seen the originals. That's it. You, you know, Scarface is a remake. Yes, um, it is. I haven't seen the original. I don't really like Scarface, but lots of people do. Um, Ocean's Eleven. I've not seen the original one with. Oh, actually, um, I think the clean. I think the cleaning one is better. It's a great Probably film. It's a great heist film, like pure fun. Um, and also, I would say Casino Royale. It not doesn't really work because the original's sort of a screwball comedy and is really weird. But they are based on the same book. But I think. I think the Daniel Craig one's probably better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with your sister. Yes. Girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, thanks for your letters. Yeah, Dan, do you want to do you want to sign sign off? 
It's like your obituary. This I've bit. had a lovely time. Do you want but to talk I'm about going? What your favourite films were you've seen since starting the I think podcast? My favourite film since starting the podcast. I really loved Happiness that Margaret Cable Smith brought in. That was just wonderful. That was great. Um, I really enjoyed Headhunters, which I think was your choice, wasn't it? Think it yeah, I think been. you brought yeah, that in. Was. Yeah, that was great. Um, in terms of films, the Cineflix, <laughs> Slim Pickings. I bizarrely really enjoyed Safe and Twenty One Jump Street. Um, I think I mentioned them in my roundups of the year. It's not been. It's not been a great. Maybe this is why. If you'd have made better films in the past eighteen months, maybe I'd have stuck around. Do you hear that, America and Britain? I and Sweden and South Africa. I can't live for Yog. I can't. I can't. The highlight of my cinema going experience can't be the Yog machine. It can't be. It can't be. I think what would have sustained Danielle Ward would be some properly decent horror films. Yeah, not the Yog. Oh, I hate the Evil Dead remake. That was awful. We were talking about that, weren't we? Terrible remakes. Um, so I enjoyed those. Um, I, I think they're the ones that really spring to mind. Uh, world's Greatest Dad. Oh, my God, World's Greatest Dad. How could I forget? Yeah, that was absolutely brilliant as well. Lizzie really, Roper brought that in. Really, really loved World's Greatest Dad. So it's been good. I've had my eyes open to some really wonderful films. Um, and I've still got access to the email account, so if you want to send us an email... To me, no, don't do that. It'll be horrible. You sent me a horrible email. I don't know. <laughs> don't, 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 don't even read feedback on eBay. Um, so yeah, that's um, they're they're my they're my film choices. I think. What would you recommend people people to watch if they were just like Alex Wishart, the eleven year old listener, who's got years of stuff. Anyway, what should he watch? I think I might have covered most of my favourites. Um, I still very much urge both of you to see the film Bad Timing, the Nicholas Rogue film with Art Goff, Uncle and Teresa Russell and Denham Elliott. That is brilliant, as is The Man Who Fell to Earth, another Nicholas Rogue film, um, as his performance. I think I quite like Nicholas Rogue and Don't Look Now. I love Walkabout, obviously. The Witches is great. Um, so he's good. Um, Harold and Maud is one of my favourite films ever. really love that. Um... So many films, aren't there? There are so many films. I'm looking forward to watching... It's on Netflix, I haven't seen it yet. I'm really looking forward to watching The Raid. Yes. I've heard this is great. really recommend The Raid. I reckon The Raid's probably going to be my favourite film that I didn't get around to watching during Film Fandango. It's going to be your biggest regret (gasps) for about three days. How can I forget Ghost Protocol? That was the best (laughs) thing I saw whilst working on this podcast. (laughs) By like so, oh my god! Like in the close. was it the first time you'd been to the IMAX? Yes, it was. Yes, there was, we go. Oh, that's such a good film. IMAX live cinema is alive and well. I think I've said in this the film before. Ghost Protocol. When oh, when I go to the IMAX, it makes me want to cry because human ambition has reached such heights. Like I do, and you can actually physically see the height. For me, the IMAX is a bit like um, the Mars One project. It's just about Endeavour. That's the only reason it exists, and I love it for that. And I might maybe I'll go and see Man of Steel at the weekend. I think I'd rather go and see that fish film. Fish film. <laughs> that fish film they have on at the IMAX all the time. <laughs> right, the yeah. Tourists. Really big come, fish. Or yeah, something. come and watch fish underwater. Bowie man. <laughs> Stop promoting your own film. <laughs> so they were the films that I. Oh yeah, go to Protocol. 
we'll never see those days again. Until Ghost Protocol 2. Um, well, thank you for listening to another Film Fandango. Uh, we will be back, by which I mean myself and Merritt Larwood. And Buddy, he'll still be here. And I'll probably Chewing his bone noisily in the background. Um, uh, with more films. So, if you'd like to get in touch, please do. Our email address is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or you can write on our Facebook wall, facebook.com forward slash filmfandango or merely tweet us at filmfandango. And also, right at the end, I remembered a new feature which you can be a part of. Yes. We're giving you a chance to do your own one-minute review. Yes, we are. So oh. you can send in to our, our website, to the email address, <laughs> dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Just do a recording of it. I don't know how you're going to send it, like an MP3 or something. Record it on your phone Record or your send phone. it as a, whatever format you want. I'll work it out. A one-minute audio review, and we'll pick the best one um, each week and review something you've got to see at the cinema. Because sometimes I get sick of listening to my own stupid voice. <laughs> And from the emails you send us already, so do a lot of other people. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. Keep watching the films. Bye. Bye, Danielle. Bye. 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 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.